Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. All right, everybody, welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, we're glad you're with us uh, this afternoon. A little gremlin again in the uh, control board here, but uh, I think we've got it all under control and uh, looking forward to bringing you the next hour of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Todd Munkin, uh, news from Todd Munkin today. We're going to have also Chris Mangum in our studio a little later to uh, talk to us about the upcoming NFL season and uh, what just transpired and what uh, what the future holds for the National Football League. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, all of that. Uh, Bob Getty and uh, Luke Johnson today. Kelly is uh, out. Uh, we're at the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and uh, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. So uh, big news today, uh, Luke. And that is that uh, Todd Munkin is the new offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, I guess uh, two years of winning the national championship is enough, and uh, Munkin's ready to move on to the NFL. Yeah, we actually talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. The 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 Ravens were one of those um, teams. You know, he had also interviewed with the, uh, the Buccaneers down in Tampa Bay, and he had already spent uh, one one stint with them. Of course, when he left Southern Miss, he went there. But, yeah, we talked about how the Ravens might be a really good fit, and it depends on what the Ravens the Ravens decide to do with, with Lamar Jackson as well. Just recently, you know, I think they are – both Jackson and the Ravens are way off in the numbers they're looking at each other. Uh, one thing you know about Todd Munkin, very creative, and, uh, you know, you saw – what what kind of uh, a quarterback like Stetson Bennett thrived in his system at Georgia? NFL is a different animal. At the same time, though, I think a lot of people um, probably will see Todd Munkin can now spend the rest of his career in the NFL. That's what I would think um, because with this offensive coordinator position now, if uh, if they have success, he will probably uh, you know probably have an opportunity to to be a head coach somewhere i don't know as a saints fan uh, i would love that so be interesting to see how this hire what happens with lamar jackson but but really cool um for for todd munkin i know kelly will, will gripe a little about it but raven's one of those teams they're going to be matching perennial defenses now um you know with with an offensive mind like todd munkin i think it's a great hire well i'm gonna tell you what uh, with the way the ravens play defense you get a todd munkin offense going and and the Ravens will be a handful. And I and I think, uh, well, they were a challenge this year to Cincinnati, but a real serious challenge. Also, other football news, some uh, scheduling for Southern Miss comes out today, and I'll let you uh, deliver that news, Luke. Yeah, really the next uh, four years of football, the non-conference slate has been ironed out. We, uh, we knew, uh, I think last week, week before, kind of Alcorn State have officially announced – um, their opening game against Southern Miss. So we knew now what the 2023 slate would look like, but the, the rest of them begin to fill out through 2026. I'll just run these uh, year by year, and we'll stop in the middle, get a little comments. This year, September 2nd, Alcorn State at the Rock. Uh, the next Saturday, first road game of the uh, season for the Eagles, September 9th at Florida State, in Dope Campbell Stadium taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, 
And then uh, they host the Tulane Green Wave the next Saturday, September 16th, and then don't have a non-conference game until the next to last uh, week of the regular season at Mississippi State in Starkville. The last, uh, you know, what, three or four times the Eagles have played the Bulldogs and spent the first part of the season. This is at the end. 2024, a game that I want to go to next year, August 31st at Ohio State. Uh, they'll host, Eagles will host Southeastern Louisiana September 7th. And then here's, here's the two newbies, the ones that came out today. Eagles on September 14th, 2024 will host South Florida. South Florida Bulls, who uh, Jeff Scott's their uh, their coach now from from Clemson was Clemson's OC. The Bulls will come to Hattiesburg, and then a, a new conference USA team making the jump. Jacksonville State Eagles will actually travel to Jacksonville State in North Alabama next year, and then uh, we'll get a return date with uh, with Jacksonville State in the future. So let's just talk about just for a minute. 23-24, your, your thoughts about this coming season, Alcorn State at Florida State, Tulane at home at Mississippi State. Well, I think Tulane at home is a uh, is a great home game for the Golden Eagles. I'm glad to see uh, Southern Miss and Mississippi State playing again. A message to the school up in Oxford probably uh, be good if you would consider that. But we're grateful to Mississippi State. And as you just announced, they're scheduling it uh, way on into the future. Uh, Florida State's a money game. Uh, I guess you're going to continue to have to go on the road at least once a year, take the money game. Not really thrilled about an Alcorn State game, but uh, the school seems to like that, and it does seem to, I guess, generate some revenue. I would prefer to see, I would prefer to see a more competitive matchup uh, to start the year. But, uh, but overall, I think uh, I think Tulane is a great home game. I, that's a series I would love to see them uh, do on a year-to-year basis glad to see state uh, in the mix and uh, i guess this coming year uh we take florida state and the next year we swap them out for, for the book <laughs> ohio state yeah we go to the horseshoe yeah so you know it's kind of that that same scheduling trend try to get a regional opponent possible swag school and then get you know a one or two power five games so south florida this is in 2024 south florida comes to uh to hattiesburg and uh, we will go to Jacksonville State. Let me continue. 2025, Eagles will host Mississippi State August 30th. Something that's interesting about that, that's probably going to be the only um, like non-Power 5 conference game for Mississippi State uh, because Texas and Oklahoma are coming in. Or I'm sorry, the, the only non-Power 5 uh, road conference games. So I'll be interested to see if that 2025 20, date holds up or if State tries to buy it out. Bob, here's uh, exciting 2025 Louisiana Tech. We go to Ruston September 20th, and uh, and then Jacksonville State makes the return trip on September 27th, 2025. 2026 is ironed out as well. We will host Alcorn State to start the season on September 5th. September 12th, we will go to the Plains, take on the Auburn Tigers. We'll host Louisiana Tech. September 19th, 2026, and then the last Saturday of September in 2026, we will go to New Orleans uh, for uh, to, to take on the Tulane Green Wave. Uh, Green Wave come back in 2027. Eagles make a return trip in 2028 to South Florida uh, against the Bulls, and then also uh, being announced, Mississippi State and Southern Miss have another home-and-home. Home. Mississippi State will come to Hattiesburg in 2030, and and the Eagles will make the return trip to uh, to Mississippi State in 2031. So clearly, Mississippi State, the only team uh, in the vaunted SEC 
that's willing to play home and home with Southern Miss. So I mean, kudos to the uh, kudos to the athletic director at Mississippi State. I don't I don't see how you can um, I don't see how you can not appreciate that on their part, Luke. Yeah, and they've they've done that. It's carried over even when John Cohen was there, and now uh, you know with the new leadership, they're continuing to do that. So, so props to them to do that. But um, yeah, so if you go to SouthernMiss.com, these uh, non-conference games are ironed out. Exciting. I mean, look at Power Five opponents outside Mississippi State, Florida State, Ohio State, um, Auburn, um, and then you get to play Louisiana Tech again. Uh, so, so I like that. But the next next year, Jacksonville State. Um, who will be in Conference USA? So, uh, so that that is uh, what what the schedule looks like. And again, I'm hoping to make that August 31st trip to Columbus, Ohio, because that'll be fun. All right. So the next three money games: Florida State, Ohio State, and Auburn. Wonder how much they make by playing those. Well, I mean, Mississippi right State next year too at Mississippi State. Yeah, I guess you consider yep. that. But but you know, with all due respect to Mississippi State, and again, I'm appreciative of them playing. They're not Ohio State. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not quite, I don't think it's, I think it's fair to say it's not quite like going on the road to play Florida State or Ohio State. Fair assessment? I mean, it's SEC school, you'll get a check. But, I mean, more than anything, you get to play, uh, you know, another another D1 uh, school in the state of Mississippi. So, you know, Mississippi State, um, it, it just, you know, Zach Arnett, uh, see if he takes, you know, takes the direction, you know, and, and they're looking for him to take him to the next level of what Mike Leach did. Uh, you get to play an SEC opponent in your same state. You get a check. It's, I mean, it, it's what you want. I mean, if if you're Will Hall and you know you you want to, I mean, why not be able to play the SEC schools in your own in your own uh, you know state uh, as as they're doing? But Doak Campbell will be fun next year, and then uh, look forward to Auburn in 2026. Uh, so I'm sh- I'm sure this will. Uh... This will encourage and persuade Ole Miss to schedule the Golden Eagles. Fair? Well, you remember that we did that uh, super regional show, um, statewide super regional show. We actually, <laughs> Richard Cross and I had Keith Carter on, and I actually asked Keith Carter, the uh, AD at Ole Miss. It was, it was more of a tongue-in-cheek question, but I knew our fans would like to hear that. And he said, well, look, I think we're scheduled for the next decade. And we both laughed about it all fair. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, Chris Mangum is scheduled to join us here in just a few minutes. Stay with us. All right, welcome back. Remember, you hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast anywhere on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Not a nicer lady in the land than Miss Kathleen down at CampusBookmart.net. We appreciate all she does. And to remind you that it is the place to go for 
for all of your Southern Miss apparel. All right, very happy to have Chris Mangum back in the studio with us. We've been looking forward to this. Of course, longtime Carolina Panther and now CEO, right, of uh, Magnolia State Bank here? Yes, sir. Well, we're glad to have you back, and, uh, boy, the timing couldn't be better. Before we get started, uh, let our listeners know you were at a Carolina Panther event during the Super Bowl. Yeah, we actually went up to North Carolina for uh, one of their sponsors, head on an event. So it was good. To, there was a couple of guys from the Falcons there. Wesley Walls and I went. So it was good to be around some, uh, to see some old faces and uh, and meet some new people. So we had a good time. That fraternity is forever, isn't it? It is. Like we talked about last time, it is a unique fraternity to be in. I'm blessed uh, to be able to, you know, not only play 10 years, but to still have those relationships. Actually, there was a guy there uh oj santiago was a tight end for atlanta um during the years i played we actually trained together at the combine so i have not seen him really uh you know in a off the field setting since then so it's just it's, it's a neat it is it's a unique bond you have with those guys all right so um super bowl is played chiefs win right at the end I think you and I both thought Philadelphia would win. I'm a longtime NFC East guy, having grown up in Virginia, and I just felt like uh, probably physically they were a bigger, better team. But, you know, Kansas City came back in the second half. And the first question I want to ask you about Kansas City, because I asked this question that Luke and I were talking about this the other day, and I don't understand it. What do the Chiefs do that's so different? Because I'm going to I'm gonna say that half of the passes that Patrick Mahomes completes – there's nobody within 10 yards of the – I think I could complete the passes. How do their receivers consistently find themselves so wide open? Well, I think on, on a couple of the touchdowns, I, I, they said they had went back and kind of watched a, 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 there was one particular game when the the Eagles played a, a, an opponent, which I did. they did not say who it was. But they saw something in the way they, they did their motions. And you can see where they were really – they were bursting through their motions really quick and sending the cornerback running in motion with them. Then all of a sudden just changed direction as soon as the ball was snapped and just wide open in the flat. So – and that's that was my takeaway take from the game. As I told you last time I was here, I really thought the Eagles – up front, I just thought, and really as a team, I thought they had more talent, more depth, and more depth, more depth up front on both sides of the ball. Um, but the halftime adjustments, you got to tip your hat to Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy. The, the adjustments they made at halftime for the second half was pretty impressive to watch. You're right. They just – they always look wide open, but it's just the continuity they have, you know, with Mahomes has with the tight end and receivers. And it, it was – like I said, it was – that's Mahomes. Uh, you know, he's he's the best in the game right now. He's the best football player in the NFL right now. And you could probably say he's one of the top five quarterbacks of all time at this point. And clearly, the Eagles dominated him in the first half. Oh. And then whatever adjustments were made at halftime, it was a different ball. Yeah, game. up 10 points. Yeah, Luke, get in here with Chris. So what you're saying is, uh, Chris, um, if you don't draft Mitch Trubisky, you can actually have a, a quarterback that that wins two Super Bowls. Is that what you're saying? Two and what five? Is it five or six years? Is yeah. um, so, yeah. and they've played in the, what five straight in AFC Championship games. So yeah, he, he's impressive, man. He and I think not only for him, just the AFC, the way they're set up, you know, with Burroughs and Allen and Mahomes, uh, you got to think those three teams are going to be vying for that Super Bowl spot for the next ten years. And you think about it, you know, they did it without Tyreek Hill. Um, of course, best tight end in the game. Um, yeah, t- to your point, both of those touchdowns they scored in the red zone. I mean, Philly was was coming in this game, you know, had had, had so many sacks. 
For me, it was the the MVP um, or or the offensive lines of both teams, because Chris, you know they uh, what. Hurts got sacked uh, one one and a half times. Mahomes didn't get sacked on a bum ankle. And you look at what kind of mammoth beef was across both of those defensive lines. I thought that the offensive lines in that game just did just crazy, crazy good, and it allowed both Hurts and Mahomes to have good games. I totally agree with you on that. I mean, it was um, and who would have thought if you'd have told me before the games Mahomes has less than two hundred yards passing. I would have told you the Eagles must have dominated. And for him, what he he had one incompletion in the second half to throw for under 200 yards, to put up 38 points. Um, and let's not, let's not forget, we can't walk away from any conversation about the Super Bowl and just say how impressive Jalen Hurts was. I mean, the guy accounted for almost 375 yards of offense. I think he threw, what, a little over 300, rushed for 70. Three, you know, three rushing touchdowns and one passing touchdown. I mean, what a I mean, he played an unbelievably great game. So, um, yeah. for them to lose that game and have the offensive performance they had, uh, I would have. Uh, well, well, Luke's exactly right about the offensive lines. You're exactly right about Jalen Hurst. How does Mahomes get the MVP? Because he's Mahomes. I mean, he's you know he's a leader. But, you, but does that frustrate you? No, as, as not a, really. I mean. You know, if the if the if the second fumble would have stand stood, the same guy returned the first touchdown. I can't think of his name. The linebacker mm-hmm. for you know Chiefs, he probably would have had a, a stake in the you know. But I guess just I mean, the, the, like we talked about last time, the game is set up to protect the quarterbacks and pretty much highlight the quarterback position. I mean, right. just from a standpoint of the rules, you know, roughing the passer, things like that. So it was no shot that he's the MVP. You know what? And he's when he won the MVP in the regular season, he's a best player in the league so i guess it's fitting that he gets it all right i'm gonna ask you this now and you tell us as a former player kelly kelly's beginning to kind of make me listen to him a little bit luke goes back to some terrible calls that occurred against the saints he's still bitter about that (laughs) there seems to be among some people this this belief almost and i don't want to say the game is rigged that's wrestling but that the but that the league has favorites and and that you see who the favorites are and how the games are called when a lot is on the line. Is there any truth to that in your view? I hope not. I really do. As a former player and as a fan, I hope that's not the case. And honestly, I don't think it's the case. It just seems like when you're watching the game, you know, sometimes the calls do start to mount up against one team versus the other. Uh, you know, I guess if you talk about the – I didn't – it was a holding call at the end. I mean, you know, to set up the field goal on third down. Would it have impacted the play if it was not a call? No. Or if he didn't hold, the ball was uncatchable in my eyes. But, I mean, that's the rule. It's the rule of the game. And so, um, you know, if you, to- if you told us that it was rigged or if we found out that it was, then the sport ends immediately because it just it takes away from what the integrity of the game All is. All right, Luke, get in here. Yeah, He's I mean, got lots I, I, thought it was, well, I thought it was interesting. For, for me, I can live with the call because the player after the game, Bradbury said it was a hold. It just kind of, you know, uh, it, it, was, it, it just was ma- – elevated significantly because the Eagles had him. And and to your point, I don't think that uh, that he catches up with the ball. I don't think there's any way that he catches that. Mahomes is getting pressured. He throws it up. So, yeah, I, I think probably in hindsight, maybe in that official may, may hold it there. I, I guess what was frustrating for a lot of people was you have this back and forth great game. Philly ties it on a quarterback 
keeper around the left side, and you just wonder if Butker's forced to kick that field goal. He already missed one. I don't think he would have missed it. But you just almost wonder, like, what would Hurts and the Eagles have done coming back? And so it was like, wow, this great game. Oh, wow, the last 80 seconds of it's terrible. McKinnon, who that was, I think you could frame that, his slide, Chris, and you can comment about this. I think that's one of the greatest coaching points possibly ever in an NFL game. You're in a Super Bowl, and for your team to, to seal the win, you slide on the one-yard line, something that you could have talked to your grandkids about. You know, I, I just feel like so much was going on there. I'm thankful for the McKinnon play because it's such an example to kids. But it was almost like the, the, the excitement just went out like a deflated balloon after that. Oh, I agree. And I can't sit here and tell you that I wouldn't cross the goal line. Like you said, for the Super Bowl, to get your name, and there's no doubt. It was an unbelievable play. And I think it goes back, and, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on coaches. And, you know, you can see the final two coaches today were hired for the NFL teams. But, I mean, you've got to tip your hat to Andy Reid. Because, I mean, that's they cover every single – um, you know, aspect there is of you know of the game, and that was a pretty impressive play to have at that time and that magnitude of a play. It was pretty special. A little out of line, don't you think, for Terry Bradshaw to say to him, "Waddle over here." <laughs> I, I'm assuming they have a pretty good relationship off the field for him to say that, but yeah. uh, so uh, yeah. I agree. Okay, we're talking to Chris Mangum, a former NFL great. The ten years, right, with the yeah. Panthers? Yes, sir. Ten years with the Carolina Panthers. When we come back, Chris, I want to talk to you about the NFL in general, the image of the NFL now, where you think the league is going. Also, we were talking earlier in the in the show about schools like Southern Miss having to go on the road for money games uh, at Florida State this year, at Ohio State next year, and at Auburn. And, and your thought about mid-major football, where it's headed, Power 5 football, where it's headed, and uh, is there a is there a split coming down the road? All right, Chris Mangum, former Carolina Panther, local businessman executive, and uh, a friend of the Eagle Hour. We're glad to have him here. Stay with us. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour, and we appreciate all they do. Uh, 9.95 lunch, five days a week, and uh, the food is always delicious. 4th Street Bar and Grill right in the shadow of the rock. Also, I want to thank Jana King for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Jana King, the king of clean. The Jana King team has been working together for over 35 years cleaning places of work, education, medicine, eateries, stadiums, and worship all through the Pine Belt. They can do the same thing for you. Go to JanetKingCleans.com. We've got former NFL star Chris Mangum in the studio with us. All right, Chris, let's uh, got a lot of stuff we want to talk to you about uh, in this segment, but let's, let's kind of finish up on the NFL. NFL is different than when you played. You said that to us the last time you were here, and 
it's it's taken its share of criticism this year for some of the politics, for some of the officiating. It clearly has become a a league of quarterbacks, as you mentioned, highly protected, highly you know they're they're the star of every team. Where does the league go in your view in the next ten years? Will it continue to evolve and change further and further from what you may have been used to? I I would say. Um, Probably not as much as it has over the last ten years. I mean, they're always going to look to um, um, for a player safety should be the number one concern. For, for, you know, not, you know, for the executives who are running the league, and I think that'll stay a top priority. But I mean, the game's in such a great shape right now. I mean, just the season we did have. There's always politics, and there's you know, there's always going to be rough edges in any any organization or any league. I say. But uh, I think the league's in a really, really good place right now. I think football's really at a high level. Officiating, you're always going to have the human element, you know, era. Um, so, but I think it's, you know, only going to trend upwards. And, as that, and that shows by the number of people that are watching on TV. Yeah. Look, back in here, Chris. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's hard to fathom how many people watch the Super Bowl. Um but at the same time, if you look at like the viewership for college football, college football now is kind of taking the jump. You know, the NBA Finals, even the World Series, don't compare to to college football, and it just shows you know what what type of uh, how how much Americans um, in, enjoy it. Would get your take just because he was a he was a, a local guy here for three years. We we kind of let off the show today talking about Todd Munkin. Do you think he's probably going to stay in the NFL uh, possibly the rest of his career? I mean, it would seem like back as an OC, uh, and and personally as a Saints fan, I would hope that he goes off and then, you know, poss- I know you being a Carolina guy didn't want that, but, you know, <laughs> something in the future like the Saints. But I, I think Munkin has the ability to be a possibly be a head coach one day. Do you think he'll stay in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he has the ability to be a head coach. I mean, especially – I think he's going to a great organization. I mean, you think about Lamar Jackson. They're about to sign him to a you know long term deal. Um, to put him to have a quarterback like that that you can design an offense around. You look at the quarterbacks he ha- he's had in, in in the past at the NFL. I think what Jameis Will- Jameis Winston for right, the Tampa correct. Bay. I don't know who he had the one year for the Cleveland Browns. So you give him that kind of talent and that kind of uh, offense to work around. I think he's going to do great things there. <clears throat> kind of, kind of turning the the page a little bit, um, and and thinking about local uh, football. Um, you're you're in Southern Miss world in in the sense that you're in the community. And uh, what does you know? You look at a, a guy like Will. I talked to him at the at the basketball at Louisiana basketball game last last week. How good is it, though, that, that Southern Miss has a coach who is a champion of the state of Mississippi? Because I know that that resonates with you a lot, you know, going to school in, in Oxford, though. But to have a guy that knows people in the state and that he understands the climate, I, I, I feel like other than so many things that Will all brings to the table, but I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why he was so high on Jeremy McLean's list from the get-go. And now, you know, three years in, you see what he's done. It's just the fact that he knows people and he understands where he coaches. Oh, and and not only does he know people in Mississippi, he knows their their aunt, their uncle, their cousin. <laughs> he knows them all. No, So I know Will, Will well. I'll tell you what, he's done a great job at Southern Miss and only going to continue to, to build this program. Um you just look around and see that, I mean, 
this is this is a destination stop for him. That's what he's always said. And to see the pride that he has in leading this university is pretty special. And I tell you what, I look forward to what they're going to build on. Um, and it's just like anything. Say, at any level, from Pop Warner to the NFL, quarterback is the most important position on the field. And as they – Establish a a real you know a quarterback that fits his system in this offense. Man, you're only going to see them take off. We we did start the the show after we talked about uh, Todd Munkin. We did talk about the upcoming schedule with uh, with Southern Miss going to play Mississippi State four times in the next several years. Bob wants to know if there's any way you know you can get in somebody's ear in Oxford to make something happen. I, I mean, I would love to see it. I'm, I mean, I know I'm a fan of both. Obviously, I went to Ole Miss. You know, we go to all the home games and go to go to all the home games at Southern. I, it's something I would love to see. It's something nobody's going to listen to me about that in Oxford for sure. Uh, I think it would be great for the state, but I, I get it. I understand. I don't like it, but, I, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. So how long will uh, will programs like Southern Miss we, – we were talking about the three money games coming up at Florida State, at Ohio State. I get shivers thinking about that. Uh, at Auburn, at Mississippi State. Will there be a day that – that the that the group of five and the power five go their separate ways or do you think for it for eternity the the group of five schools are just going to have to play two or three money games or at least one a year to balance their budgets i mean i hope it stays the way it is now you don't i don't want to see them separate because then you take away i mean with the new with the new 12 i guess playoff team coming in a couple years that group of five has an opportunity to to be in that 12 12 man I guess final, I would call it a shootout, but a playoff. Uh, and I, I look forward to that because you can see, I mean, it was only a few years ago when nobody wanted to play Southern Miss, and that's how the old Miss, I guess, rivalry probably stopped because, probably. Of, you know. You know, you're wrong. You know, yeah. just because of, I mean, uh, look, Southern Miss has a great name across the, state, the United States. And, I mean, they're definitely known, obviously, you know, Scott. what Scott Barry's done with the baseball pro- program is just unbelievable. I mean, now you see what they're doing in basketball. I was at the Louisiana game the that other was night. Pretty, that what, was, was how pretty, crazy was that? Pretty special atmosphere. So it was great and look forward to watching them the rest of the year. And then football. I mean, what Will has done in the, you know, a few short years in the, in the I guess, tradition that, that Southern has, look, I – I think they're going to be that could be a force to be reckoned with for you know in the coming years. I think he's the I think he's the perfect guy, Will Hall, the perfect guy to run this program. Oh, I do too. I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah, I I, I just don't think you could, and and I think Jay Ladner is the perfect guy to run the basketball program. But let, go back to the basketball game for a minute. As a former athlete yourself, college pro, how much? How much does a team benefit from playing in an atmosphere like those kids played the other night? Oh, tremendously. I mean, it just the energy that the, the crowd brings, and not only for that team, just for recruiting purposes. I mean, and for I mean, your fans just to get involved, and obviously on Jeremy's side, the financial end of things. You just you can't put and you can't really put a price tag on having people in the stadium or a packed house like that. And I just think it's. But, you know, like we've always said, winning always does that. And if you want that to happen, you got to win. And they're doing that this year. And Jay's done an unbelievable job. They're a fun group to watch. They play hard. They play defense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's you know, it's just it's neat to see for him to, to, to get it turned around like that. And give Jeremy some credit, too, because – I know a lot of people were calling to make a change. Just be honest, Jay's even said that. But for the season they're having, it's it's been it's been great to watch. Did you play basketball growing up? I I wasn't very good at basketball. 
I uh, well, you did pretty good in another sport. Yeah, I just you know basketball. I tried. I played a little bit, but I just I wasn't a good enough athlete. On those, those are some good athletes out there. On Listen the court. to that. He wasn't a good enough athlete. Ten year NFL veteran, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of wrapping up the NFL conversation. Um, you know, you look back at the Super Bowl. It is you. You mentioned the uh, the young guns. You know, we we look at in the especially on the AFC side with Allen Mahomes. Burrow, a lot of those guys. <clears throat> Do you feel like there's there's more parity these days? Is is that because of how the games developed when you played, or, or is it just the NFL's always that way? Well, I, I would say I guess there's more parity, definitely in the NFC. I mean, I think you know for the AFC, you've had you know Kansas City's been on a pretty good run here, um, and they will continue to be. Uh, for the next few years. But I think the NFC definitely has. You know, we, I guess you remember the days of the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills. Those are kind of like the dynasties that um, – Steelers. Steelers, yes. And so um, definitely can't leave out the Steelers. But, you know, so we don't have that – you know, the Patriots. I don't like to talk about that because I lost Super Bowl to them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I think, yeah, you're right. It, it's – but that's just a new wave of quarterbacks, too. I mean, every one of those dynasties had a guy, like a Mahomes. You know, you go Bradshaw, you had Aikman, you know, well, you had Montana and Young. But, you know, so I think that will lead to where the elite quarterbacks are always going to be in the thick of things and they're always going to be in the playoff hunt and they're always going to be competing for championships. It's that important. It's that important yeah. at any level. Yeah. Chris, great pleasure, man. We, we're grateful to you for coming back. Uh, thank, thank you for having me. We look forward to uh, having you again real soon. Thank you very much. Chris Mangum, everybody, former Carolina Panther, now the CEO of Magnolia State Bank here in Hattiesburg. We'll be right back. to the top. Good times visiting with Chris Mangum, former tight end for the Carolina Panthers. Last two segments, if you missed that, you can go back and listen on demand, supertalk.fm, or catch the Eagle Hour in podcast form, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audible, whatever your uh, your taste in podcasting platforms, Eagle Hour uh, is there. Luke and Bob from the Southern Bancorp Studio in Hattiesburg and Laurel on this Tuesday. couple news and notes. Todd Munkin, as we mentioned, the former Southern Miss football head coach, the new offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Not only that, but a, a former Southern Miss OC getting a new position as well. Shannon Dawson, former offensive coordinator. Um, now he's been at Georgia the last few years. Got him a couple of rings. Um, I'm sorry, he was not at Georgia. I'm thinking of Buster Faulkner. But Shannon, I'm, I'm sorry, Shannon Dawson, who was at Houston. That's right. Shannon Dawson at Houston is now the offensive coordinator for the Miami Hurricanes. So two uh, two former Southern Miss coaches 
uh, get some promotions uh, today as well. Austin Armstrong officially, what, a month later? <laughs> Bob, <Yeah>. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama uh, announces Austin Armstrong. He will coach uh, inside linebackers. On the uh, campus of the University of Southern Mississippi, Dominique Davis garnered her third Sunbelt Player of the Week award after what she did last week. Just phenomenal. She uh, scored 19 points in one game, 25 in another. That's her third award of, of the season. Lady Eagles uh, will get ready uh, to, to play later this week. She, uh, Dominique, becomes the 70th player in Division One to go over 400 points uh, this season. Congratulations to Dominique Davis. Golf, uh, men, or I'm sorry, the women first. Let's talk about the women first. Down in uh, New Orleans at the English Turn Country Club. Lady Eagles uh, one back out of fifth place, trailing Iowa by one stroke. They're in sixth place right now, and uh, that's the the final round. So Lady Eagles finishing out, uh, hopefully a, a top six, maybe a top five finish in New Orleans. Men, on the other hand, making a little run down in Mobile at the Hal Williams Collegiate. Men move up two spots from yesterday. They were in sixth. They're in uh, fourth right now. They are four shots back out of third. Kansas State uh, third, Arkansas. Uh, and second, Illinois leading the pack. Illinois going to pull away. They're 15 under um, right now. But but the the Eagles got a pretty uh, pretty clear spot to uh, finish possibly fourth or if they make a run into third. They actually just got another stroke, so now they're only two back out of Kansas State out of uh, third place. So cool to see the men and women back in back in action. Um, if you missed it at the top of the hour, Southern Miss filling in some uh, non-conference. Holes in their schedules upcoming next year. Eagles will host South Florida and will travel to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State in 2025 comes to the Rock, and then uh, Eagles will travel to South Florida in 2028. Interesting stuff. They do uh, They do uh, plan ahead uh, in schedule. Interesting, I thought, what Chris Mangum said, that he, former Ole Miss player, of course he's a South Mississippi guy, and as you pointed out to me, I think pretty good friends uh, with Will Hall. He wants to see his alma mater playing Southern Miss in football, but uh, probably never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, I'd agree with that. Since uh, some of these teams now have stuff scheduled out to like twenty thirty five, like to infinity and beyond. What do you think of going on the road to Jacksonville State? Well, people are going to look at it and they're going to say, well, why are we doing that? Well, they will be in Conference USA, okay? I get the fact you may not like it, but it's another group of five opponent. And nowadays, I mean, home and home. I mean, if, if, if we, if we expect power five teams to, or we should be, you know, we say we're, we're thankful that state does a home and home, then you're going to have to do home and home. That's just a, I, I'm, you're not going to do a home and home with a swag school. You're not going to do a home and home with a uh, with an FCS school. But I mean, when we're doing a home and home with Louisiana Tech, that's what that is. That's a Conference USA game. You know, we're doing a home and home with Tulane. That's a, an American team. So Jacksonville State's moving up. They're going to be a Conference USA team. I get it. I would think that it probably wasn't the first option. But when you've got holes in your schedule, you know, eighteen months out, it, it can be slim pickings. Yeah, well, it is what it is, and Jeremy McClain's doing a great job leading the Here, athletic department. So. Here's the trade-off, Bob. To that, the reason for some of those holes is because we're not in Conference USA anymore. People, yeah, be happy. Yeah, that's one of those things that when you move into a conference one year early, you have some holes in your schedule. 
I'm thankful we're in the Sunbelt. So we're in the parking lot here of Corner Market, and I've seen like the fourth guy walk across the parking lot with a big bouquet of flowers. I'm assuming you've taken care of that at your house? Luke? Yeah, we're actually going to go uh, go out to eat tonight. She does have a little bundle that she's not aware of. Um, but, yeah, she will uh, she'll get she a little... listen to the show? Uh, she's probably in the clinic right now okay. because uh, she's probably seeing, seeing a patient or so. Okay. Um, my wife loses out. Her birthday is February the 7th. She gets a lot of stuff bestowed on her for her birthday. So a Valentine's Day, not not a big follow-up just a week hey, later. It happens. My, my college roommate, Chris MacArthur, who does listen to this show, um, he has his wife's birthday, Valentine's Day, and his anniversary all in the same week. So all he has to do, he takes care of it, and he's done till Christmas. Exactly. That's kind of the way I see it. All right, uh, Kelly and Ben Milam will be handling the Eagle Hour for you tomorrow. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.